Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bottom line, do you think you're going to play in the major leagues this year? I think the, the simple answer to that is yes. Do I know when? No. Um, I will say this. It has been certainly an uphill battle for me. Uh, it's been, as far as challenges go, the biggest challenge that I've faced in my career um, in coming back from multiple surgeries, putting in the time to not only rehab and get it to where I feel comfortable playing, but also um, getting caught up to speed in such a short amount of time. I'm hopeful, and, and, and maybe that's just you know being cautiously optimistic, but I'm I put in a lot of work for this, and I want it, and it's a goal of mine, and uh, I, I do, I do think it'll happen. That's David Wright with Andy Martino of SNY. Welcome in, everybody. Another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this September 1st, 2018. Uh, is the summer officially over? Are we done? I know it's Labor Day weekend, so it's probably over. Not officially, but hey, if you want to check out the show all the time, uh, go to MetsmerizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can get the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. So I uh, wanted to take the time here on this holiday weekend 
as we head to September baseball and the Mets season for many of you probably mercifully coming to an end. But the storylines and the narratives and the outrage continues. And, and I think that's what I want to talk to you guys all about today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the last podcast when Rich Mancuso of New York Sports Day joined me. I know that the reaction was pretty cool, and uh, not many were happy with Rich's reporting about potentially the Mets going with a more um, seasoned general manager, but that's his report, and I, I think it's a lot of interesting stuff we got into in the conversation, and it sounds like you guys agreed as well in reading the comments over uh, at our friends, MetsmerizedOnline.com. So let me start out here first with uh, David Wright, and this is going to come across, and I know it's already come across as I've been tweeting with some of you guys during the game last night, um, as me being angry or not appreciative of David Wright or not sensitive to a great story. David Wright's story right now is a tear between logic and emotion. Now, as a story, a baseball story, if there were in, there was any justice, if there is actually a thing called the baseball gods— he would get out on the field, he'd feel better and enough to play similar to Carlos Beltran when Carlos Beltran had a serious injury, but not quite as serious as Wright, but he had a pretty serious knee injury. He'd come back, everybody would say, oh, he's only going to play three or four days, and all of a sudden, miraculously, the body would say, no, there's more baseball left than David Wright, and he'd come, he'd contribute, even if it was in a hybrid role of being able to play third and first and hit left-handed pitching and contribute to the Mets, and the Mets come back next year and they make a postseason run, and, and David's a part of it. That would completely, even though he's owed another $27 million over the next two years, even though if he comes back in September, that'd be probably another about $3 bucks prorated. And who knows, it's possible that it would hurt the team in terms of their ability to collect on any kind of insurance that is out there. I think it, from a, a human baseball standpoint, there's not a person that would say, that's not what I want to see. That's the heart. The real hard, cold reality of the situation is this. And you don't want to hear it, that's fine, but this is reality. He has a serious, serious medical condition. This is not, you know... Tommy John surgery, as much as those things are serious. Uh, do you guys really, have any of you actually read, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not pretending I know about medicine, but have you read what this injury is, spinal stenosis? It's about, basically, it's, from what I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, and if you're out there and you know a lot more and I sound like a dope, just, you know, I guess fast forward through this, but I, I, I think there's enough online to give you a general, not a, a detailed a general. You know, you got a situation where it's putting pressure on his spinal cord. There are plenty of instances where if this is untreated, it could lead to permanent nerve damage, which includes paralysis and maybe death. Now, that might be someone who, who's not treating it. But remember, you're asking this guy who has this injury to now put the rigors of baseball on his body, which means diving into stands, diving, running, sliding, collisions maybe, even though nobody could slide into second base and hurt anybody any anymore. That's part of the game, getting hit, turning quickly. You guys know the game if you're listening to this. 
things, uh, I mean, symptoms of this are burning neck pain, numbness, and weakness. It may be hard for you to do your normal daily activities. So remember, when they say it may be hard for you to do your daily activities, that's like getting up, walking to the refrigerator, taking your kids to school, driving to work, sitting in an office chair. That's not taking, that doesn't mean just taking batting practice. That doesn't mean running the bases. That doesn't mean taking at-bats in the ninth inning. That means daily life. That means getting up and functioning. And if any of you have had back pain or any kind of pain that compromises you in that area, you know how miserable you were. And I don't think any of you listening were intending to play slow-pitch softball or wiffle ball with your kids or wiffle ball whatever in the street with that condition. You probably said, I can't do it today. So what you guys would be crippled by, to be fair to this guy, he's actually put the time, he's got the money and the resources, and this is his livelihood. He's put the time in with doctors to try to get to the point where he can play professional baseball. Now, you're all mad at the Mets right now for saying they haven't seen enough from David Wright to put him on the active roster. And you're blaming the Wilpons, and you're blaming the money. And listen, money comes into play. Let's start there. Money comes into play because it's not, you know, $30 million you guys will throw around like, oh, you know, the Wilpons are being cheap because they don't want to spend the money. That's $30 million. These are the same people I saw the other day saying, you know, the Mets should just release Jay Bruce and the remaining, whatever, $20 million on his contract. You go to work, whatever you do, make a decision in financial implications on your level that would be that kind of decision and say, let's just throw that money into the ocean. And tell me how that works out for you. Because if you do that as an executive in a company, or if that's how you run your team, if you're the anywhere near the Wilpons and an own own an entity, you're probably gonna go out of business. And it's bad business. So let's just talk about how money does impact the world. Money is part of it. And when you have this ten billion plus industry called baseball, this is not the baseball of the nineteen twenties. That goes into everything. So let's start there. The second thing I think about David Wright is, have you guys watched even the, I, and I'm not watching his games. I am not a scout. I'm not pretending to be. But have you watched even the highlights of the hits that he has gotten in his buck seventy batting average, which has been raised since going to Vegas because when he was at low A in St. Lucie, actually St. Lucie's high A, I believe, high A, High A, I should say, St. Lucie. He barely was making any kind of significant contact from what I saw. So everybody loves exit velo, but there wasn't much exit velo going on with David Wright, which lends itself to process. He also admitted when the Mets and Mickey Calloway talked about, and you guys I saw were laughing and criticizing it, well, he needs to get up to the point where he can play at major league speed. I always remember Ron Darling saying this. He talked about how he had retired, and then he came back and st stood down on the field, I guess, a couple of years later, and he admitted how he forgot how quick the game is. Personally, I've had the chance to be down on the field uh, in a batting practice environment or sit close, and it is so drastically different when you're playing at game speed, even batting practice speed, that, yeah, 
There's a reason why high A guys are in high A, and there's a reason why guys are in triple A. Now, some of them are going to be in the big leagues and can play at a big league pace, but there's a reason why they're minor league players. They can't, they're not good enough, and they can't play at that pace. And right now, that's David Wright. So it is unfair to criticize the organization for expecting Wright uh, or giving Wright something that maybe he's not ready for. Finally, you look at it from a perspective of, and Wright, by the way, Wright understands it. Wright has admitted, maybe he's not happy about it, but he's admitted that if that's what they want to see, yeah, I have to show them that. Credit to him. And that leads me to my final point, which will tie in, I'm going to talk about Peter Alonzo and that fake outrage in a minute. You all want the culture to change. You want the results to change, actually. You don't care about the the process. You care about results, and you think results just come out of the sky through free agency and whatever. But one of the biggest criticisms under Alderson's regime has been accountability. And players, and Matt Harvey's name came up a lot, really running the asylum, dictating injuries when they come back, when they go on the DL, and what have you. I really see where the Mets are trying to change that, and I know you don't like hearing this because it's David Wright, but part of that is earning your spot. We I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Dom Smith. Dom Smith's hitting now in AAA. Maybe he's going to come up and get some more at-bats and some playing time. Why is it okay for Todd Frazier to sit, who's had a pretty good stint out, of, out there, since he came back on the D, from the DL, to sit for David Wright. If you want to throw David Wright at first, which, by the way, he doesn't even have any skills to show that he could play first base, a, a, a position that requires bending and scoops and things that are going to put strain on his back. You want to just throw him there and then Smith doesn't play or Wilma Flores, who's having an okay, decent year and actually deserves the playing time, doesn't play. So you're mad that, and then we'll get to Alonzo. You're mad that Alonzo's not getting called up. You're mad that Dom Smith more recently is not getting any playing time. But you throw all that anger to the side because, well, this is David Wright. And I get it. David Wright is probably the all-time best offensive player in Mets history. If you look at numbers on baseball reference, he's top 20 in win shares in the history of the game at third base. He would be, if he had stayed healthy right now, having be part of a conversation about Hall of Fame. He's probably in the Ron Santo, Brooks Robinson, from an offensive standpoint, Greg Nettles category. He's below that because he's missed a lot of time. And the guy that you saw play against him last night, Evan Longaria, uh, he's probably going to be at some point. Now he's 32, Longoria. Let's see another three, four years. He's probably going to be in that conversation. Adrian Beltre recently with his 3,000th hit is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Who would have thought that guy who came up when he was way too young with the Dodgers and went through some struggles and adapted and learned would be a Hall of Famer? And he is, and that's what you wanted David Wright to be, and he's not. He's not going to be. He's going to be an all-time Met. He's going to be a Mets Hall of Famer. Uh, you could debate that. That'll be great. And and if he – listen, I want – what I would love to see is him get a final shot to play. I know he wants to do it for his daughters. Uh, it's a great human interest story. But it cannot be forced upon or foisted upon the team. You get mad when the Mets are considered a joke, but giving a guy that just for the sake of who he is, that's a joke. 
if Keith Hernandez comes out of the booth tomorrow and wants to play first base because he's Keith Hernandez, do you give him that position? If Ron Darling wants to pitch or Doc Gooden all of a sudden wants to make a comeback because of their resume, you just give it to them? No, they have to earn it. Okay, got, great, Keith. You think you could play first? Let's go down to instructs and show me that you got some skills left. And I know I'm being absurd, but it's really no different. And I'm very surprised at, and I think there's a lot, a silent majority that get this and understand this. And I know there are people who listen to this program and appreciate what I'm trying to say. But you guys are quiet because you just don't have the time and the energy to come after me on social media and talk about all the things that I'm saying is wrong. This is the world. This is life. And the Mets are doing nothing wrong here. The only thing they're doing wrong is they're not playing ball with the media which I've talked about all the time. If I'm Mickey Calloway, no matter what I say, no matter how I articulate it, and I don't think he really, at this point, gets how to play ball with the media. You got to kind of... They're not as smart as they make themselves out to be. You can play them. You just got to know how to do it. You got to know how to say it. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt here. They've already they established their narrative in spring training. Yankees are their darling. Yankees are what they want to have success. Mets are going to be where they're going to stir the pot. It may change. Listen, the Yankees don't do, and they're starting to be some disgruntled writers there because the Yankees aren't playing to the narrative that they scripted. They're starting to struggle a little bit, but you know it's not enough to really turn the worm. They established that in the spring, and the Mets, look, they played along with it because they did, they didn't play well. If the Mets were winning... I'm almost positive the fan reaction, the the fan anger about David Wright would not be because they'd be concerned about how his comeback is impacting the team chemistry. That would be the narrative that you'd have. All of a sudden, all this other stuff wouldn't have mattered. The David Wright story, the the feel goodness. Oh my God! Bang, bang, bang. Do you? Here's the funny part. Do it for the fans. So let's put David Wright out there, who who may or may not be able to play competently, who may embarrass himself because he'll be out there and not at big league level capabilities. Give the fans something to show up to the ballpark. $30 million investment in the fans is what you're asking for. Let's say they lose all the insurance, and I don't know the particulars of that, but that's about what he's owed the rest of his contract over the next two-plus years. Let's invest $30 million in the fans. I don't think you're going to get that return on investment, guys. What, is 25000 going to show up instead of twenty in September? With the school coming back, the seasons changing, football on Sunday. You know, the people are focused on other things. They're getting ready for the holidays. They're not going to go watch the Mets play out the string. But you want that because I'm the fan and I demand bang, bang, bang. Well, that's not how it works. I will continue to say this, and you worry about how the fans and the media want you to run that team, you might as well go sign up for a job in media, because that's where you'll be, or if you don't get that job, you might as well just start getting a season ticket plan, because you'll be sitting in the stands with the fans, with the foam finger, the hot dog, and the popcorn. You gotta run this team the way you wanna run it. And you know what? Omar Minaya is a good baseball guy. He may, may not be an executive or a leader, but he's a good baseball guy. Uh, J.P. Ricciardi ran a team. I think he knows a little bit about what he's doing. John Ricco's 
worked uh, in the game a long time. It may not be the great fit to be a GM. They may not be the best fit to be front people for the media. But it's not like you have uh, amateurs out there. They just got to bring it together and bring somebody uh, there who could replace the guy that was the clearinghouse, was the guy that was able to manage the operations, and that was Alderson, who's gone. So, you know, that to me is the big thing about David Wright. As far as Alonzo, I mean, this was another example of how stupid the whole thing is. I get you want to see Alonzo, and I'd love to see Alonzo up there. He, The Mets right now, and you saw it again last night against the Giants, there's a lot of good component players on this roster. Offensively, I'm talking about. I think the starting pitching, we've been through this, and I think there's some interesting arms in the bullpen, and I think you're going to see a couple more. A one, Eric Hanhold, that's coming up in September today. So we'll continue to take a look at that. But the offense is back to where it was prior to getting Cespedes, which is long brownouts, uh, no centerpiece, no impact player. Bruce is not an impact player. He's a component player. Uh, McNeil, as much as I like him, he's going to be a component player. Uh, the same goes for Nimmo, component player. Conforto, component player, not an impact player yet, not consistent enough. Looked awful in Chicago at times, too. It's a bomb of a home run earlier in the series, and then he, he just looked awful. But that's another story for another day. So you're missing Cespedes, and you're specifically missing that right-handed bat. So you'd think, well, Alonzo, he's hit what, 35, 36 home runs down in AAA. There's the guy, maybe. And maybe he is. And that would be a huge boost, that kind of right-handed power for this team. And who knows if he's ready to be an impact bat, because just because you have power doesn't mean you're an impact bat, but it would help because Flores is not going to be that guy. If the Mets, and I and this is coming from, I believe, Martino. I was listening to him on WOR with Sal Licata. If the Mets would benefit with an extra year of control by holding him until April 12th of next year in the minors, why wouldn't you do it? It's not hurting his development. I don't want to hear about that. He could, he's going to be in the AFL, which I said even before they announced it. Just send him down to the Arizona Fall League to work on defense, which is probably a very legitimate thing for him to work on. And if it means saving him and saving the team money for the future, that's part of the game. The Cubs did it with Chris Bryant. And was there outrage? There was, but everybody got over it. And the Cubs wound up doing it in a year where they were trying to win and go to the World Series, and they wound up winning almost 100 games. And I think he was down for three or four. He didn't come up to almost May, if I remember correctly, that year. So it's been done before. Now, there's more outrage because it's the Mets, it's not Theo Epstein, it's not the Cubs, so all of a sudden this becomes an egregious thing. What's the point? It's garbage time in September. Yeah, the Mets are playing some tough teams. They're going to Boston, blah, blah, blah. Phillies, Braves, I get it. And those are good. You want to compete in those games because that's going to be a telltale sign. And, and that's going to be why I'm looking to see how Callaway gets these guys to compete against those teams. But you have to look at this for the long play. And the long play here with Alonzo is you want him here when it counts. Here's another thing to think about. Maybe they don't know if this guy's a National League player. If he's struggling so much on defense, maybe he's a DH. Ever think about that? And maybe they're going to wind up trading him for hopefully a, a, an impact type of situation. Do you ever think about that? No, you haven't. 
You remember a guy named Mike Jacobs came up and hit the tar out of the ball, had an OPS over 1,000 late in 2005? Well, he fizzled out pretty quick. He was out of the league by the time he was 30 years old, but they wound up turning him into Carlos Delgado. Now, he was not a prospect like Alonzo. Alonzo was a, was a second-round pick. I mean, Jacobs was like in the 30s. He was kind of like a, uh, uh, you know, like Daniel Zamora, you know, that kind of uh, uh, pick. You know, really late, all of a sudden pops out of nowhere. You know, it, it was a lucky situation that Jacobs even was called up that year. But they wound up uh, getting something out of him. Maybe the Mets want to keep this Alonzo into the hands of the scouts and the speculators. Did you ever think about that? Because it's possible they want to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, and then I see the agents come out and people getting mad. And then uh, Alon- and this Chris Carlin is such a dope. I, I, I saw his tweet about how dumb, dumb, dumb. And I agree in the sense where it's probably bad taste. If it was me, I wouldn't want my agents to come out and, and have this long screed. And the people were comparing it to Greg Jeffries. There's, there was no comparison to what Alonzo's agents did with Greg Jeffries. Greg Jeffries was a, an established player that was in the league well over three years, had played in the postseason, was having trouble simulating the clubhouse when he wrote his letter to WFAN at a time when WFAN actually had influence. Not like now where it's 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 a it's a voice box for the fan. To it's a it's basically like a call in line right now. It's there's no influence with WFAN. It's a call in line with commercials. That's it. Um so there's no comparison there. The agents are grandstanding for themselves to show the player what they're doing. And also now they're gonna market themselves by doing that to potential other players. So that was all about business. That had nothing to do with they were really outraged about everything. That was a business move. And Alonso defended the agents to Chris Carlin on Twitter. Good for him. You can't let mediocre radio personalities in this town have any kind of narrative push because they can't do it because they don't have the intelligence, the knowledge, and the know-how of the inner workings of any of the sports to do it because they don't spend any time understanding it. And then the second part of that is Alonzo actually came out and said, guys, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the Mets. I'm disappointed as well as he should be. He's put in a lot of work, and he's and he put himself on the precipice of a call-up. But that doesn't mean that this is so egregious, though, that Mets are hurting his development. No, they're not. How are you going to play him and Dom Smith? Are you going to platoon him? That means he's going to sit more because there's going to be more lefties than righties. There's going to be less lefties than righties, so he's going to play. Where are you going to play Dom Smith? You're going to put him in the outfield again, which you were mad about a couple of weeks ago. So it's a good problem to have too many players, one position, but you also might want to hold this one back for the new GM to say, okay, is this guy, let's talk about player development, a National League player? And really, geez, could the National League adopt the DH? It's such, you know what? If the National League adopted the DH, you might actually have, this just came to my mind, you might actually have a shot at David Wright playing a little bit more. Because I think he could probably hit consistently. I don't think he could play the field. So both of these stories that have dominated the news for the Mets this week are a little more than just filler for a new cycle that's dead right now. This will all go away. Football will start in about a week. It'll be about the Jets and the Giants and the Yankees postseason run. And the Mets will go away. And the next time you're going to hear from them in the, not on this show, but in the cycle of New York news, 
is when they hire a GM sometime in the next you know six weeks or so, and then the off season when they start rebuilding the team, and it'll start over again. But that's it. The, this is the only reason any of this is a big deal, is because of the time of the year that it happened. So when it's all said and done, I'll leave you guys with this. Yes, I want to see David Wright on the field. Love to see it. Love to see him at. But I want him to earn it. And I want it to be under the right circumstances, not a gift as a thank you for all the work he's done. You know the thank you that he got? Hundreds of millions of dollars playing baseball for the Mets. That's the gift he's got. He's already been thanked for his services. Alonzo, we'll see what happens there. Let's see. Listen, this is the real key. How does he handle this? Noah Syndergaard was ticked off when he didn't get called up in 2014. He came back the next year. And he earned his way into that rotation. And he wound up being a big part of them getting to the World Series. Maybe that happens with Alonzo. All right, guys. That'll be it. Uh, I wanted to give you something for the holiday weekend to uh, chew on. I'll be back next week working on some things. Um, hope you enjoy this. Of course, I want to thank the good folks over at MetsmorizedOnline.com for all they do. There will be a piece coming up. I know I haven't written in a couple of weeks. I only like to put stuff out there that really is good. I, I want to really focus and have some meat and potatoes type pieces. I don't want to just throw stuff out there, but something's coming in the next day or so, so stay tuned for that. Of course, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you want to check me out on iTunes, you can do that. Check me out on Twitter, at Mike Silva Media. You can get the show on, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also with our friends, The Grueling Truth, part of the iHeartMedia Network. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. We'll be back with another edition of the Mets, Talking Mets Podcast. Jeez, tongue-tied there very shortly. Be well, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.